everybody to the River Heights Buzz podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. We are on episode 11 tonight. <laughs> Holy I mean, Jesus. This is crazy. Like I can't believe that we have made so many episodes so far. But we're we're still going. Yeah we're just trucking along because there's like I said before a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so- Tonight, we are going to be talking about our first book, so please bear with us, everybody. Yeah, we're mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, and tonight's book, we are talking about book number 54, The Strange Message in the Parchment. Now, I've read this book before, but it's been a few years. (laughs) And I have not read it before, and I was really excited to read it and overall I thought it was really really well done I agree and it's like I haven't read like a Nancy Drew book just in general for a number of years and it was so nice to like read the first book after this amount of long of time yeah yeah it was it it's been not as long for me uh, here recently, I've been reading more of like the um, Nancy Drew Digest uh, series, which is, if you all are not aware, uh, geared more towards a little older teenage kind of group um, demographic. So a um, little more romance, a little more adult, nothing crazy like how the TV show is a lot more adult, nothing like that, but just a little more geared towards like your average teenage girl. Um, and I've noticed that some of the games are more geared towards that book series of Nancy. Um, so that was actually what I had read. I think the most recent one that I read was actually Secrets Can Kill, um, which varied quite a bit from the game. I was kind of interested in that, but um So I haven't read like a flashlight version in, gosh, probably several years. Like for me, it's mostly I've been on like the flashlight version and um, the girl detective and the diaries. Like I haven't read like the files or like the notebooks or any of those yet, but I will get there eventually. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so many books and there's so many different series of it that it it almost feels like there's something there for everybody. Yeah. And you don't have to read like all of them all at the same time. You can yeah. like go at your own pace and, you know, mm-hmm. and like there's so many different options out there, too. Yeah. And it's not like you have to start with the very first one and then go in order because it's they're all their own separate stories and separate things going on so it's not like if you skip the first one and start with like book number four it's not like you're going to miss anything from the books prior to that yeah I'm a weirdo and I like reading the books in order I understand (laughs) because like for me sometimes it you know you could start at, like you said, like book four, and you wouldn't have missed much in the first three books. But sometimes it's like if you start with one book, it could lead into the next one. So it all depends on what series, I guess, at times. Yeah, that that's true. That's a good point, because I don't think Bess and George are like right there in the very beginning or Ned either, for that matter. I think they're kind of introduced later on. 
who they then show up in pretty much every other book. Um, so you might run into things like that, but, um, I mean, other than that, it's a pretty good series where you can kind of really just pick wherever you want to start and kind of just go and see where you get to. Yeah. So I'm going to read a little bit of a synopsis of what the book was about before we get going. Uh, so a sheep farmer receives a mysterious telephone call shortly after he buys a series of pictures painted on parchment. Decipher the message in the parchment and write a great wrong, the voice says. Puzzled, the owner who bought the parchment asked Nancy to help him. With Junie, which is one of Nancy's friends <laughs> from grade school, uh, they track down a kidnapper and a group of extortionists. Clues weave in and out of several puzzles, two of which are linked with Italy. Is there a connection between the message in the parchment and a boy artist on another farm? And who is responsible for the atmosphere of fear in the neighborhood? So the original book that was released was in 1974, but then republished again in 1977 by Grosset and Dunlap. So if anyone's read both versions is there much of a difference <laughs> that you noticed yeah the version that I read was the 1977 version and it was 180 pages um and I think from my research it said that the original published version um, was like 192 pages so I can't imagine that there'd be a whole whole lot of difference um but yeah I'm curious if anybody has read both versions and what those differences might be yeah let us know what you thought yeah. <laughs> and I also should mention, because um, I don't think it differs any, I have the physical version of this book, but I decided to read it electronically um, so that I could read it at night, not have to have the light on, that kind of thing. It was a lot more convenient for me um, to do it that way. But I do have the the published version as well. Yeah. So are you ready to get going, Candice? I'm ready to get going. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, so I start reading and it's literally the first page. And my first note that I have is first page, bam, right in the mystery. <laughs> like there's no beating around the bush. It's right here in front of us. So like you said, Junie um, is Nancy's friend from when she was younger and um, her father uh, has like a sheep farm and he made Nancy a sheepskin coat from the materials on their farm. Um, so Nancy is going to help solve a mystery that is going on at Junie's father's farm. Um, he acquired um, a piece of parchment that had four paintings on it. And before I go further, I have to say it took me until about halfway through the book to realize in my brain I was thinking four paintings, four separate pieces of parchment. I thought the same thing for okay, like thank a good God. chunk. I, I thought <laughs> I was just dumb, but then I realized, no, it's just one big piece of parchment. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused. Um, thankfully, also like how the, the regular physical books have pictures, um, the version that I read on my Kindle app had the pictures in there as well. So I was really pleased with that because that's one of my favorite things is the illustrations in all the books. Um, so 
sorry, sidetracked. Anyways, so Junie's father acquired this parchment that has four paintings on it. Um, and he received the strange phone call, like you said, and is very puzzled by what that possibly could mean. I mean, he bought this parchment, didn't think anything about it, gets a weird phone call. Of course, you're like, what in What's the world? Going on? <laughs> like, I'm very confused. So Nancy and Junie decide to go to Nancy's room to help her pack. And then they're upstairs in her room and they hear the front door open and someone comes inside, which as I'm reading this, I'm laying there thinking that's a sign of when this book was written, that you could just go on into another part of your house and leave the front door unlocked like it was no big deal. How times have changed. Yeah, you can't do that in today's world, sadly oh. enough. And I so, even wrote it, too, in my notes. I'm like, uh, this is why it is important to lock your doors. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's go ahead and get it done early. Wisdom with Candace. <laughs> lock your doors. Be mindful of where you are, even when you're in the comfort of your own home. People can be crazy. Yeah, whether it's in your own house or your car. Yes. Throw the car in there. Yes. Yes. That, no, that's a good, that's a good idea. If you're sitting in your car, like in a parking lot and you're really not aware of your surroundings, just go ahead and lock the door. It's okay. Yeah. Better to be safe than sorry. And that's a woman. Like, I feel like it's more so for women than men. That's a woman's worst nightmare. It is. And I'm like, that would like scare me like crazy. Yeah. No, me too. For sure. And that's like, that's happened for with me at work. Like, I'll just be sitting outside on like my break or something. And then people are like free to like, just walk around, you know? Yeah. And then especially these when guys are walking by, I'm like, nope, I'm walking it. You look sketchy. Get out of here. Yeah. No. It, yeah. I see things like that, like on the news. And it makes me think of how unaware of my surroundings I can be and how terrible that is. Like got to be paying attention all the time. Yeah. So like I was saying, they're upstairs getting Nancy packed away so that she could go and spend time with Junie at her father's um, sheep farm. And they hear someone downstairs. So they go down to investigate it. And Nancy realizes that her new sheepskin coat is gone. Yeah. So <laughs> immediately I'm thinking, Hmm. How is someone going to know that this coat is in the house? Someone must have been watching Junie as she was coming in. Da, da, da. And, we'll get, explanation. and we'll get deeper into that part of it later. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> so this is my favorite part because we get interactions with Nancy's dog, Togo, which is something that I really think is missing from the games. I think Togo is only mentioned like once or twice in one or two games. And that's it. And then I think we only get to see like a couple pictures of him too. Yeah. Like, like as really? a background on a, a laptop. And even when I noticed when we're actually at Nancy's house, where's Togo in all this? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like there's no signs at all of Nancy having a pet. Yeah. Kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Togo comes in and apparently he is like super trained and knows tricks and things like that. And so the girls decide to go outside to see if they can see who took the coat and they find a, a girl who's acting very suspicious and she's running off and Togo is coming to help. And as this girl is running away, not only does she end up dropping the coat, but Togo somehow gets it like a piece of fabric from her skirt and brings it back to Nancy so that she can take it to the police. Like what a smart dog. I th- like Togo was very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Hopefully, I wish that all dogs were like that. <laughs> I know, I do too, because I think that that's really cool. Um, I know that, like, in the games, it's kind of said or thought to be known that he's, like, some type of, like, a terrier breed. Do you know if it's ever mentioned in any of the books, if that's what he is? It, I think he was mentioned a few times. Like, he was a terrier of some okay. kind. Okay. And then, like... I don't remember. I don't think it was mentioned in this book, but I, I remember it was. It, it was mentioned in the past. Okay. Okay. Because um, besides the fact of seeing like a picture or two in a random game, I always in my head and seeing illustrations in books, I always thought he was just a smaller type breed. I'm going to search it up now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I'm curious actually. But I just thought it was so cool that it was almost like he could connect with Nancy and knew what she was wanting or what she was needing. Yeah. She has a dog named Togo, but it doesn't say what kind. Okay. I've just always assumed that he's some type of small terrier. Yeah. Oh, a fox terrier. A fox terrier. Let's see. Let's see. Just out of curiosity, fox terrier. So, like, from looking at some of the pictures okay, Google and, like, seeing the pictures in the books, it kind of... He's not like a tiny dog. He's yeah. A little bit bigger, but like not huge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm looking here. There's two different types of terrier of fox terriers. There's what's called a smooth fox terrier and a wire fox terrier. And it looks like the smooth obviously has a smoother type of fur. And it looks like the wire has more of like a curly cue kind of fur. Um, but I mean, they're, they're still relatively small. I mean, between 15 and 20 pounds. So not overly huge, but not super tiny at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what I always imagined in my head. Um, any reference to Togo that there's ever been, I always just kind of imagine that type of small, small dog. Um, so Like I said, Togo was able to get like a shred of fabric. um, And so Nancy is able to take that to Chief McGinnis and um, the police is going to do like some investigation work to try to find out who this person is. Um, And and another thing that the individual that they were chasing, she got into a car and took off and they didn't know if it was, you know, an accomplice or just some random 
person driving. Right. right. Which keep that in your back pocket because taking off in a car happens quite a few times in this book. Yeah. So the whole scenario of what's happening and why uh, Nancy's going to Junie's house is because Nancy, Bess, George, Ned, Bert, and Dave are all invited to a party at this farm called Triple Creek Farm. Um, I love it when the books reference Ned and Bert and Dave, because then it's like a triple date. The guys and the girls, I love that dynamic. Um, Nobody has to worry about being like a third wheel, at least. Exactly. You got an even number of boys and girls and it, it, it works out. Yeah. So um, they're going to go to the farm just to kind of spend some time there. Like we said, um, Junie's father uh, recently acquired this parchment and then got the weird phone call. So he's trying to figure out kind of what's going on with that. Um, so Ned has a friend and I hope I'm not going to butcher this name. Ned has a friend named Vincenzo Caspari. I think I, I would say Vincenzo just because it's Italian. Okay. <laughs> that could just be me, though. Okay. <laughs> Let's call him Vinny. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, Vinny. So, uh, he can is... I... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Junie, I'm like... What kind of name is Judy? I'm sorry. No, every time that I was typing my notes, it tried to autocorrect it to like Julian. Can I just call her June? Sure. No, that's fine with me. Okay, continue. So Ned has this friend named Vinny, who is an artist that lives kind of close to the farm, who might be able to help them figure out these um, paintings on this parchment. So we get to the farm and we finally get our first look at the paintings. So one is described as a beautiful woman. The second painting is described as a man with his back facing the viewer. The third is a group of angels surrounded by clouds and the angel in the center is holding a baby. And then the fourth is kind of like an action shot of like a collision between like a steamer and a sailing vessel. Yeah. So there's a lot to process here. And it's all on one big parchment guys, not yes. four different things, not four yeah. different pieces of parchment. Yeah. I, this is, this um, was us, you know, thinking it was on four separate sheets instead of I'm, one big one. I'm just really glad it wasn't just me that thought it was four separate pieces. I got you covered, Candace. Thank you. I appreciate you having my back. You're welcome. So Nancy's looking at these paintings and she thinks there must be a connection between them all. Because despite the fact that they're all four very different, some show people, some show angels, some show like boats. She thinks they all have to be connected because it would be really weird if they weren't. Yeah. Which makes sense. In a way. It does make sense. So um, everyone goes to sleep that night. The next morning, Nancy and June wake up and they want to go see the little lambs because my understanding of how this all was laid out is this was a totally like self-sufficient kind of working farm. So you've got lambs and sheep like of all different ages as they're getting older. So you've got the baby babies 
and then all the way up to the older ones that eventually end up being harvested for, you know, their wool or their hide or what have you. So every day she has chores that she has to do. I mean, it's a farm, you know, you got to do chores to make a farm work. So the girls get up early and they want to go see the lambs. And so they're going around um, one of the barns and a car comes around really quickly and almost runs them over. And it was like, and he's purposely almost tried to run them over as they were leaving the barn. It wasn't yeah. just like a quick, you know, on the road car going too fast. This was like full on purpose. Yes. Yeah. So once again, cool. near death experience for Nancy. What else is new? <laughs> so um, it ended up being a neighbor who was looking for June's dad and his name is uh, Mr. Rocco. Um what was I wouldn't even like Salvatore. Was that his first name? Yes. Salvatore Rocco. Over time, I'm just like, I didn't even call him Mr. because of how rude he was. I'm just yeah, like, you're Rocco. Good. I'm not even gonna put the Mr. in front because you're not a Mr. Right. No, in my notes after this, I just refer to him as Rocco. I don't even call him Salvatore. Yeah. So he's introduced to Nancy and he's kind of sits there for a second and says that her name sounds familiar and then ever asks her if she's ever been in jail. And I'm like, that was really rude. Like, why would you automatically think she's been in jail? Thank you. Like that was just uncalled for in my opinion. Yep. So after all that, he leaves, goes to try to find June's dad. So June and Nancy are walking around the farm And she kind of shows Nancy like the whole process of having the parchment made and, you know, what all goes into that. So then they decide to go and meet one of the um, shepherds whose name is Ezekiel Shaw. And um, his nickname is Easy. Yes, his nickname is Easy. I just want to throw in real quick that Rocco was the best client for June's farm out of like purchasing like different items from the family correct just throwing that out there (laughs) correct so despite the fact that he was really really rude it's almost like it kind of puts them between a rock and a hard place because they don't want to be rude back because then that could damage you know the financial relationship that they have which sucks so they move on from that and they decide that they want to go and meet this shepherd um named easy and he has a dog who i would assume would be kind of like a herding type of dog if you got sheep um and his name is rover so um they're looking for easy they can't find him anywhere but they hear the dog barking and they hear the sheep making noise so something is up something's going on so the girls keep walking and they realize that there are two guys in the field that were disturbing the sheep. But by the time they get down there, they've run off, get in a car and leave. Told yeah. you it was going to be a reoccurring thing. And I thought, you know, with these guys getting away, was it connected to at the beginning when Nancy got her coat taken? Right. So Easy's nowhere to be found. 
they find Rover and he's still barking, but he takes off and goes into the woods and that's where they find easy and he's unconscious. So he finally comes to, and he said that the two men that were out there knocked him out after they had gotten into an argument, but he didn't want to tell the girls what it was about because he didn't want to get them involved. He just pretty much brushed it aside, said that they were bad guys and that the girls didn't need to be involved. But then this, you know, knowing Nancy, this kind of sparks more of an interest for her. Like, I want to figure out what's going on with this thing. Yeah, exactly. I understand that he was trying to look out for their best interest, but it was also very apparent that this was his first dealing with Nancy Drew. And when you're secretive like that, it only makes her want to find out more information. So it kind of backfires. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So. Um, The girls tell June's dad what happened and he alerts the state police so that they are all aware of what's going on and what happened. Um, And then that night, uh, Nancy starts actually studying the parchment and she realizes, at least on the front, that there's no artist's name. Kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is the part where we finally start to get a little bit more background about the parchment and June's dad said that she bought it actually from Rocco, who said that he had bought it at an auction. Which sounds kind of sketchy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's just a very easy answer. Oh, I don't know where it came from. I just bought it at an auction one day. Okay. I don't believe a word he says this whole time. Exactly. Like, okay, whatever you say. Get over yourself there, buddy. Yeah. I wouldn't even call you buddy. Get over yourself, man. Yeah. If you want to be called a man. <laughs> like, I'm like throwing him under the bus right now. Yeah. Well, he's sketchy from the get go. So I feel like he deserves it. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Don't mind me throwing jabs at him the whole time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. So Nancy's looking over the parchment, trying to figure out if there's anything else that she can kind of gather from just looking at it. And she decides to actually take the parchment apart from the frame to see if there might be any messages on the back. I mean, you know, it's a good idea. I mean, can't hurt to do that. So she turns the parchment over and realizes on the back of the angel picture is the letter A, along with the initials DB and the name or word Milano. Interesting turn of events. Now we've got to figure out what all this means. So Nancy decides that she wants to talk to Rocco. Not her best idea, but I'm going to, you know, give her this one. It's okay. Her intentions were good. She just didn't realize that he was as rude and weird of a guy as he is. Give Nancy credit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's just trying to figure out what's going on. Where else should you start than the person you got the item from? So it makes sense. So she goes to his farm, which is nearby um, where June's father's farm is. And they get there and there's like a weird bird attack just out of the blue. And I'm like, that just can't happen out of nowhere. That yeah. should have like there must have been something behind that. Yeah, it's very strange. So some random men scare the birds away, but then tell the girls that they have to leave and that Rocco's in a meeting and um, he's not available. So they decide to leave and go for ice cream, which sounds like the best plan they've had yet. 
Yeah. And meeting in air quotes, if he's even in a meeting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really lame excuse, but okay. He's in a meeting. Yeah. So later on, the girls decided they're just going to call Rocco on the phone and he begrudgingly agreed to meet them the next day. And if he can, and it's like, he was even so rude about that too. And it's like, I get my workers get up and start working for what, six o'clock in the morning. And then when they get there 15 minutes early for their appointment with them, he's still having breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, make up your mind, dude. Like, I understand you're running a farm and you have stuff to do, but I mean, Nancy was trying to be perfectly civil and it just, it didn't matter what she did. He was going to be mad. So why bother at that point being nice? So the girls get there. And of course, he is absolutely no help, says that he bought the parchment at an auction in Italy. That's all he knows. That's all he's going to say. So and as soon as as soon as Nancy starts asking him questions and, you know, like kind of almost dropping little tidbits here and there, he seemed I noticed that he was more interested now than he was before they started talking. Exactly. So, again, suspicious. Oh my God. I just, have you heard this song on like social media? And it was like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thought about that song. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is like sus the whole time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So... The girls, I mean, they're not like defeated or anything. I mean, I'm sure they figured they weren't going to get a lot of information out of him considering all of their contact with him up till this point has been, you know, rude and not helpful. So it wasn't really surprising. So um, they kind of are just looking around at his farm and they realize that all of his workers are Italian, including a small child, a little boy who was off doing artwork. Seems kind of weird, but okay. So they leave and Nancy ends up contacting her father and she asks him to see if he can contact any of his contacts he has at immigration to see if they can find out anything about Rocco. Um, Like maybe his origin or how he came to America, what the situation was, just any kind of background that they can find on him. Yeah, that'd be helpful. So um, Nancy then starts thinking that maybe that little boy who was doing artwork at Rocco's farm, maybe he's the baby in the parchment. Seems kind of a stretch at that point, but I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. So it, that could be it. And with remembering there, the A on the back of the picture with the baby and the angel mm-hmm. could be for Anthony. It could be because we find out that little boy goes by the name Tony. What's a longer version of the name Tony? Anthony. Anthony. There you go. So kind of slowly maybe be able to maybe get to the idea that the baby in the parchment could be the little boy. But we'll find out as things move along. So it's understood, or at least the story is, that little Tony is Rocco's nephew. Um, 
don't really know anything about his parents. Um, maybe his parents passed away and his uncle adopted him. Uh, Nancy thinks maybe they died in the shipwreck in that last painting in the parchment. I mean, it's hard to tell at this point. Everything is still so new. Still have a lot to figure out. So, meanwhile, all this is going on through Nancy's head, and June's dad decides he wants Nancy to try to come up with a new symbol for the farm. So, a little creative time for her. Yeah. Which is a good break, you know, in between trying to figure out what's going on with this parchment. And you do need, like, a break every once in a while just to, you know, get away from everything, like... You know, just forget stuff for a minute, focus on something else. Yeah. I mean, that's actually something that I used to do in college when I had big papers I had to write. I'd write for a while and then step away from it, do something else, come back to it later. And it was like I had like a fresh brain. Could think things through better, saw things that maybe I didn't see the first time. So that can be a good tactic as far as taking a break. And I mean, it can help you later on. Yeah. So she's trying to figure out like a design that he can use. Um, June is off doing her chores like she has to do every day on the farm. And they decide that they want to go and talk to easy again, but he still doesn't want to talk about the two men because he's still concerned that they're bad people. He doesn't want to get the girls involved, doesn't want them to know anything. And immediately in my head, I was thinking he's not sketchy. Like he just seems like he genuinely wants to make sure that the girls are safe. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. So um, all of a sudden while they're over there, there's a mean sheep or ram that kind of runs after Nancy, but that's okay because here comes easy with his harp playing music, saving the day, calming the beast. I will so. give Nancy, I will give Nancy credit though, that when the ram was going to, was like trying to fling her around, have her get hurt. She hung on tight to his horns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, once again, a perfect example of Nancy being a jack of all trades. Of course, she was able to, you know, protect herself during that. What can't she do? She but, can do everything. Wouldn't she still have gotten hurt in a way, though, if he was flinging her around like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure she had like bumps and bruises and stuff. I don't see how that wouldn't happen, even if she was holding on tight. Like you're you're going to have bruises at least. Yeah. So, but I mean, compared to some of the other injuries she's had, I feel like some bruises are not that big of a deal to her. No. She just kind of moves on. She has thick skin. She does. She absolutely does. And a thick head too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She does. So, um, Nancy decides that she needs to find someone that can speak Italian so that she can communicate with some of Rocco's workers to try to figure out what's going on at that farm, because everything at this point seems really sketchy over there. How convenient is it that none of his workers speak English or if they do, it's very broken English. Like I feel like you could be hiding some important information with that. I, I read this thing once and it was like, if you ever get in trouble with like the cops or something, it would be like, 
um, you're deaf and I don't speak English. Yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> I'm like, that could work that in could this work. situation. That could work. Yep. So we find out that June's boyfriend is actually studying Italian at college. His Which name I is Dave. Like, I feel like kind of a weird thing to study. Um, usually if you're studying like a language, it's like French or like Spanish. But hey, to each their own. He's learning Italian. Pretty cool. And so, that, And that's something different that you don't see every day either. Exactly. That's true. It's a good point. So he tries his hand at talking to the workers, but the dialect is wrong. So there's a little bit of miscommunication. He can't quite understand what they're saying. And they as well can't quite understand what he's trying to say. Um, so they find the little boy again, Tony, and they try to speak with him. But uh oh, here comes Rocco. And he recognizes the girls and tells them that they have to leave or they're going to be hurt. Just. Uh, another red flag for me. Yeah. I mean, that's threatening. Yeah. Bottom line. Definition like, threatening. Like in sports, if you get a red card or anything, you're out of the game. Yeah. Like with all these red flags that Rocco has, like, just get out of here. Yeah. I don't want you. See you later. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Nancy decides that she's going to try to call Ned's artist friend to see if he can shed some light on the parchment paintings. Um, so that evening, uh, Nancy goes to sleep and she's feeling restless. I have nights like those. They are the worst. It's like you can't get comfortable. You can't turn your brain off. You can't sleep. Been there, done that. So Nancy decides to go downstairs to study the parchment again. See if there's anything else she can find. You know, maybe this is an example of her walking away for a while, coming back to see if anything else kind of stands out to her. Great idea. Um, but she ends up interrupting a thief. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Yeah, like I had a feeling that this was going to happen. Yeah. So the thief, in his hurry of trying to get away and to try to distract Nancy, throws the parchment at her and the glass actually breaks. I didn't realize, which I guess I should have realized since she took it out of the frame earlier, that it actually had glass on it. So um, he ends up getting away and takes the parchment with him. And he, Nancy was able to get one of his gloves off. She did. Good girl, because now we have a clue. So they call the police and the police get up there. They decided that they're going to do fingerprinting on the door and they take the glove that Nancy was able to get. Um, she goes outside to try to see if she can see anything. She ends up finding shoe prints outside. And so the police take pictures of those and so that they can study them and try to figure out um, like what type of shoe it is, maybe who it was, that kind of thing. So Nancy's feeling horrible, feeling like it's her fault. Absolutely not her fault. How would she to know that, you know, the night that she just so happens to be restless and can't sleep that that's the same time a thief is in the house. Like, how are you going to know that? And You're guess not what else? And guess what else happens, Candace? What's that? The thief gets away in a car. Again, told you, reoccurring theme here. And so, and, and another thing was the door locked. That's actually a good point because I don't remember them saying it was. And this time we can actually say if it wasn't locked. 
it's you know how in the games Nancy's like it's locked if the door wasn't locked in the now I'm like it's not locked yeah but now that I'm thinking about it I don't remember them saying it was locked so I guess it was unlocked and this whole time like we meet June's mom like when they first get to the farm but up until this point with the intruder I have not heard about June's mom till then till now yeah yeah same um which I just assumed that yeah I mean this was written in the 70s but I still assumed kind of the old um I guess way of life back then the woman was kind of in the house doing household things kind of in the background it's what I was thinking yeah so like I said Nancy feels horrible thinking that it's her fault absolutely not so she decides that she's going to um, try to draw the pictures for Ned's friend so that he still has something to look at that's relatively kind of close to what the actual parchment looked like. I mean, that seems like a a tall order to do. Like, from the description of the actual paintings, I mean, I know Nancy's good, but uh, that seems like a really, really difficult task. Um. So she starts doing that. She prepares the pictures just in time for um, this artist to arrive at the house. Um, he gets there, gets out of his car. It starts to roll backwards, which <laughs> I was like, okay. See, like, would you normally not do that? <laughs> like, it just, it seems very strange. Um, but okay, Nancy jumps in, save the day. Of course, she she's stops super Nancy. <laughs> she really is at this point. She really is. So she stops the car. They get it in park. Um, he, I guess, forgot to engage the brake. I don't know exactly how you forget that, but okay. Um, so he goes and he looks at her drawing and gives her praise. I mean, Nancy apparently is a pretty good artist. Um, she did the best that she could uh, out of memory, which that is pretty impressive in itself. I mean, not having it to sit there and look at or, you know, whatever. So she did that to the best of her ability. He says that he's going to contact his family that he has in Rome um, to see if they can maybe do some research on their end to find out who this DB person is. Um, at this point, we don't know if it's uh, a woman or a man. But um, he said that he had a book of European artists and found the name Diana Bellardo. And, and Nancy was thinking, too, that more specifically, she was because there's three DBs in that book that Kaspari brought. Mm-hmm. And it was and from Nancy's thinking, it was like, it makes more sense if a woman drew those. That you're like painted those pictures instead of a man because of how like. Almost like that deep connection. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. So we have a name. Maybe this could be it. We'll see. So um, Mr. Kaspari leaves and Nancy and June decide that they're going to go into town and check any of the local hardware stores to see if maybe someone had tried to buy like a piece of glass um, to put over the parchment since when the thief threw it the glass shattered so they go to a couple of hardware stores and they don't have any luck and of course 
The last one that they go to is apparently the sketchiest one. And what do you know? Someone was in there buying glass that fits the shape of the parchment. Dun, dun, dun. Of course. So um, they're asking the shop owner or worker, um, you know, if there was a description maybe of this person who um, bought the glass. And all that was said was that it was a man that had a bandaged hand. Makes sense because broken glass, you're most likely going to get a cut from that. And especially if you don't have a glove. Exactly. Exactly. So the girls then decide that they're going to go to a local pharmacy to see if someone had been in asking for that type of bandage. And lo and behold, there was a person in there getting that type of bandage and his name is Sid. So the woman in the pharmacy, and this to me, this seems like small town stuff because the woman in the pharmacy knows exactly who this person is and tells the girls that he is bad news and that he's a thief and that they should avoid him. Mm. So the girls decide that they want to stop by the state police and let them know everything that they've just found out. Cause there was a quite a bit of information yeah. and helpful information at that. And do you realize that whenever someone says, don't do this, don't go after this person to Nancy, she's just going to want to do it even more. Exactly. So, exactly. So once again, another example of, you know, people trying to protect Nancy with the best of intentions and Nancy being like, no, I'm going to do this my way. Sorry. My layer of the highway. That's, that's our girl, Nancy. Yeah. So. After the girls leave the state police um, headquarters, they decide to head back to the farm and Nancy's dad calls with a surprise for Nancy. He was able to talk to his contacts at immigration and there was no evidence of a Salvatore Rocco. Hmm. Assume name anybody. Yeah. Sus. So. Uh, Nancy finds out that the police were able to catch the girl who took Nancy's jacket and what do you know, like we said earlier, this girl happened to see Junie with the coat and wanted it. So she thought, what better way to get it than to steal it? And of course, Junie brings it in a clear plastic or kind of some clear bag. Yeah. So probably not the best way to transport something like that, but you, you live you. Yeah. <laughs> so they find out that this woman's a petty thief, you know, duh. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so um, Nancy, still feeling bad that the original parchment was stolen, decides to ask Junie's dad if he could spare any parchment so that she can try to actually paint the pictures so that they have something to go by. Um, so he goes and he gets her the parchment. And then Junie's dad and Nancy end up talking to Easy again, and he says that his dog Rover found the other glove from the thief that took the parchment. Yeah. And so, and Easy wanted the other glove to go with it. Yes. So, Nancy, you know, trying her luck once again to find out information, asks Easy if those two men that hurt him the first time had been back to harm him again, and he said no. Yeah, and it was smart that um, he has a walkie-talkie now 
Yes. Just in case anything happens. Yes. And another thing, Easy's keeping the ram just in case to scare yeah. people off. Yeah, which I mean, he sounded scarier earlier. So it's probably a good idea to keep that ram close. Yeah. So um, Nancy and June's dad decided to go to the police um, and let them know this latest development. And Nancy is starting to believe that the thief planted it on the farm to frame one of um, Junie's dad's hands. Um, but the cop reassures them that none of his workers are going to be charged with anything. Everything is fine. They understand that this is just a one-off thing and none of them are suspects, which is good. Yeah. So the police officer, go ahead. And before the uh, Nancy and June's dad were going to leave, um, the detective guy was like, Oh, like before you leave, there's somebody here that I want you to see. Yes. And so they bring in Sid. Yep. So we find out that he's being charged with petty larceny, which I feel like in today's world, you don't necessarily hear the word petty larceny. So just for kicks and giggles, I decided to look up the actual definition of it. So the actual definition refers to a criminal act in which property belonging to another person is taken without that person's consent. Larceny generally refers to nonviolent theft and is usually a misdemeanor. So that's your little bit of information for the day. So he's kind of just sitting there. Nancy decides to start questioning him about what he knows. And of course he denies everything and is not helpful in the slightest. Big surprise. Are you surprised? Not at all. So he denies hurting uh, easy. Um, but Nancy believed him that he didn't do that. Um, and he denies stealing the parchment, but he was evasive about it and kind of acting suspicious about it. So I don't necessarily believe that, but we'll see what happens. Um, so June's dad thinks that Sid stole the parchment for someone else and mentions the possibility of like maybe some kind of ring or something like that, like a gang or something. And that maybe Sid is working for someone else. That's possible. Yeah, and the first thought I was thinking of was he was probably doing it for Rocco. The, oh yeah, absolutely. That was my first thought. Yeah. So, um, Nancy then makes a request to try to get some colored pencils um, because she's wanting to do these more accurate pictures of the paintings that were on the parchment. And while they're going to do that, June's dad mentions that he's colorblind, which I kind of thought was random, but okay. Cause there's no other mention of it in the book other otherwise other than now. So Kind of yeah. a random piece of information, but there you go. Yeah. Um, so Nancy decides to go to like a smaller building on the property because I assume the property, since it's a farm, is probably pretty large considering there are lots of fields and um, an actual like factory on it. So it has to be large. So she goes to a smaller building and begins to slowly recreate these paintings um, 
I assume she's alone while she's doing this. And then the next thing that she knows, two shadowy figures come in and throw paint on everything and ruin everything she had just done. So Junie took Nancy to like the separate building and right. then she so she watched Nancy for a little bit and she's like, hey, I got to go do my chores. So the Junie left and then, yeah, the guys came through blue and red oil based paint at the drawings Nancy was doing. Yes. Which I don't know if you have any experience with like any kind of oil based art product, but it is a pain in the butt to get that stuff out. I've never, I've never used it before, so I wouldn't know. It's very, very messy and very difficult to get out of. Like, if you get it on clothes, like, forget about it. Like, that piece of clothing is ruined. Yeah. And even even when they took the painting back to, like, the farmhouse, June's mom was trying to, you know, get it all out of, like, the drawings and paint, like, that Nancy was doing. Mm -hmm. She couldn't get it. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, Nancy's upset by that. But, I mean, how was she going to know that someone was going to come up and do that? Like, yeah, we've got some shady stuff going on. It's not her fault. And those two guys are with Rocco. No surprise there. No, not at all. So, in their haste of trying to get away, they end up leaving the paint behind. And it was Acme brand. So the whole crew starts calling local stores to see where it was bought, but they don't have any luck. So Nancy decides that she's going to go to Rocco's house and see if they can find like a similar type of paint there. Um, But all of a sudden two guys come up and they were arguing about people joining some kind of group. And Nancy thinks that they were talking about the shopkeeper from earlier, Mrs. Potter and easy. Um, yeah, we forgot to mention Mrs. Potter, how she had a similar experience as easy with those two guys, like intimidating her. Yes. Yes. So that's another reoccurring event. So, um, we find out more information from Mrs. Potter. Um, she says that the men wanted not just her, but other people as well to join some kind of organization, um, to fight for better wages and benefits, which Kind of sounds like they're trying to form a union. Yeah. So, but the kicker is, it sounds good. They're wanting to, you know, work towards better pay and better benefits, but they were wanting money up front, which should be an immediate red flag that something is fishy. Yeah. Your organized type of for lack of a better word, union like this is not going to ask for money up front. Like that is sketchy. Mm-hmm. So something's going on here. Yeah. So once they find out about that, the girls decide that they want to go back and talk to easy. And he finally confirms that that's exactly what happened when those two men came to talk to him and ended up hurting him. And he also believes that they work for Rocco. So things are finally starting to fall together to make a, a complete puzzle. And I remember when um, easy was playing his Irish harp, Nancy mm-hmm. got an idea of what to draw for the, like the logo for the farm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so um, but here's the bad part is that 
when Easy said he thought that those men worked for Rocco, he also thought that a lot of people had already gone along with what these men were saying and had already paid them money. Yeah. So, um, the girls decide that they have to tell June's dad about it. And he of course was very upset. Um, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get more information from his workers, um, kind of in an undercover kind of way. Uh, Nancy comes up with the brilliant idea of when the boys come, having them go undercover to try to find out information. Um, I mean, that, that sounds like a great plan. Uh, you know, they seem to be pretty good actors, so you could dress them up and send them out to try to find information and, you know, ho and hopefully that worked out. Yeah. So meanwhile, June's boyfriend had been researching Italian dialects and he ends up figuring out the, the specific type of dialect to use to speak with Rocco's workers and it works. Yeah. I was amazed. So good, good for Dan for being able to figure that out. <laughs> yes. Good research skills. Yeah. So um, the girls and Danny decide to go to Rocco's farm. And when they get there, they find out that Tony, the little boy artist has run away. And the reason is Rocco was beating him. Yes. And destroyed his art stuff. Yeah, which is, like, really sad. It's very sad. Like, so, obviously, Tony took off, and they try to find him. Thankfully, they do find him, and he's okay. But he confirms the story that, yes, he was beaten, and he can't take his uncle's abuse anymore. So sad. I hate that part. Like, no child, no matter what age, should be going through that kind of mistreatment. Right. So, so um, the girls and Danny have uh, Tony write a note to be left behind for Rocco to find. And they decide to take him to Easy's cabin so that he can be looked, af looked after um, and taken care of for once. So... Um, another day passes, they decide to go and see where that note was left for Rocco to see if he had answered it or written anything and they were being watched. Yeah. I mean, doesn't surprise me. No. So later on, Ned calls Nancy and says that the whole crew is coming up. Um, and so Nancy and June have to run around and get the house ready for everybody to come in. Um, and then Ned's friend calls and says his grandparents had luck. They found DB, who is Diana Bellardo, and she is, in fact, the one who painted the parchment. Yay. So we're learning even more information. Things are coming together even more. So um, she was secretive about the painting, but she said, I'm coming to America. I'm going to come to the farm. Things are about to get crazy. Like things are really starting to come full circle. Yeah. So everybody arrives um, at the farm. And when I say everybody, I mean, Bess, George, Ned, Bert, and Dave. Um, so they get the boys dressed up in their farm outfits, which I'm sure was hysterical. 
and send them on their way to talk to June's dad's workers to try to get more information about this potential union. I'm going to say union um, because that's pretty much what they were alluding to, I think, as far as the secret organization. Um, So the girls decide to visit Easy again, and he told them that Tony was in the schoolroom, using quotes, and that Easy was teaching him English. I thought that was cute. And Tony is a fast learner. Yes, he is, which makes sense because they always were describing him as a really good artist and that he was always drawing pictures. So it makes sense that he is talented in more than just art. Easy made a good point that if you speak in an English speaking country as like your first language, learn the language. Yeah. And I'm like, I get that you don't want to lose like your the native language that you've spoken your whole life. But even if it's like you learn some of the language, at least that's better than nothing. Right. So. Right. So um, he's busy learning English. And the next thing we know. Easy's dog Rover starts barking again, and then everyone turns around and sees officers coming up the hill looking for Nancy because she's being accused of kidnapping Tony. Officers in air quotes. Yes. So these two sketchy guys claim that they're from County Welfare Association. That sounds phony. Yeah, that sounds super fake. (laughs) And the guys are trying to essentially arrest Nancy and... Rover is barking the whole time. Like he can tell that these guys are bad news. Mm-hmm. No good. So Nancy being the baddie that she is calls them out and says that they're fake and they like lose all their confidence and yeah. take off. Good she, for Nancy. She puts her foot down. She says, I'm not going with you. And once again, the guys take off in a car. Oh, gosh. Once again. So as the guys are taking off because they realized it wasn't going to be as easy to get rid of Nancy as they thought it was going to be, they dropped one of their fake badges. And so Bess finds it and takes it. So um, they also realized that one of the men had a bunch of scars on his hand and they were fresh. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wonder what that could have been from. Mm-hmm. All makes sense. So Nancy then decides that she wants to try to go and interview Sid one more time to see if she can find any information. So the whole crew goes. Uh, when I say crew, I mean the girls, because the boys are still off trying to find information about this union. So... Bess takes the fake badge to the police and shows them and decides to leave it there because they were going to try to um, like dunk it in an acid bath or wash to see if, you know, anything can be uh, any clues can come up because it looked like it had been like a real badge at once that had been messed with. Yeah. So um, they find out also that Sid had been moved to a county jail. So um, the police officers gave the girls a letter that would give them the permission to go in there, but only two of them can go. Yeah. So, of course, it's Nancy and June. Uh, Bess made a good point that her 
Bess, George, and the boys have not been at the farm for 24 hours, and there's all this action going on already with Nancy. I mean, I feel like if you're going to hang out with Nancy Drew, that that's typically how it's going to be. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she's never bored. Like, something is always going on. Yep. So they get to the county jail, and, of course, once again, Sid is acting like he doesn't want to talk. Yeah. So Nancy goes in and pulls out the big guns and she says, Hey, we found out about this fraud that's going on this secret group that Rocco's trying to form and that people are paying money and the money is not going towards anything that's going to help them. So you might as well tell me what you know, because this is going to create even more trouble. Yeah. Good tactic. Um, Kind of scary at first, pulling out the big guns right away, but it ends up working because Sid says that he has a secret. Um, he said that Mr. Rocco had had two guys get him to steal the parchment, and if he didn't do it, they were threatening to hurt him. So he felt like he had no choice. Because yeah, he didn't want to get hurt or killed. Correct. So... Nancy essentially has a heart to heart with him and he decides he's going to go straight and not do anything to break the law anymore. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows, but it makes for a good story. Yeah. So the girls make their way home and the boys are making their way home as well. And they ended up getting some really good information about people that actually did make payments to this fraudulent group, which they had called the Brotherhood of Agriculturalists. That sounds so fake. I know. Like ridiculously fake. Yeah. So um, the boys just say that they had pretended to be part of that group, but that they were starting to have questions about Rocco. And when they started acting like that, turns out a lot of other people felt the same way, but were just scared to speak up. But once someone did speak up, all the information was there. Yeah. It only takes one person to start it all. And then it just, it's like, it just keeps going and going and going. And then it becomes this whole big thing that comes up. Exactly. So all of that worked out. So Nancy thinks that Rocco is probably hiding the money at his farm that um, there hadn't been any like big deposits at the bank. So if there's no record of it being put in a bank, then it has to be somewhere else. So all of that is going on. Meanwhile, we find out that Diana Bellardo has arrived in America and she wants to see her son. So it's confirmed that Tony is her little boy. It's like, I'm so glad that she was like was able to make it to you know with the group to be right. able to see it through till the end yes so so she arrives and she tells the whole story tony is her baby um her husband was killed in the shipwreck just like in the picture um and that rocco was actually her husband's brother and he ended up being the executor of his estate when he passed away um rocco being a real shady person, didn't care that his brother had just died and wanted to marry his sister-in-law, but she said no. So good, good job. I know. Thank God she said no, but 
that angered him. And so he took his brother's money and took Tony. And she hadn't seen him in about 10 years. So why would Rocco be the executor, like the sole one? You would 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 you think that it would be like the spouse? It should. That's why it, that part kind of threw me off. Um, not very realistic as far as how things happen here, um, like in today's world, because I mean, at least in America, and I assume it's the same way in Canada, if a person is married and passes away, then typically, I mean, unless that person had a will already and said something different, I mean, it's going to be the spouse's responsibility. Unless for some reason they decide they don't want to, which that's a thing and that can happen, but then you have to find someone else who is willing to do that. So maybe that's the scenario here and they just didn't say it. I don't know. Tough to say. Yeah. But either way, um, Diana is back and she wants to see her little boy. So Nancy takes her um, to go to Easy's cabin where Tony is. But Nancy being Nancy and always thinking decides everybody needs to go, but it kind of needs to be like a security thing. So people are kind of staggered in case someone kind of, you know, jumps out of the bushes or something crazy because everything has been crazy at this point. It's like nonstop go, go, go this whole time. It really has been. So they make their way to Easy's cabin and both Easy and Tony are gone. And I'm thinking, oh no. Oh no. Will you still be like in like a pond somewhere? Yeah. So they find Easy and Tony and they were beaten and gagged. And then the next thing we know, someone grabs Nancy and Diana both from behind and kind of beats up on them and gags them. But then the next thing we know, the attackers leave, but they get caught, thankfully. And Nancy and Diana and Easy and Tony are able to escape. And so Tony is able to reunite with his mom. How wonderful. At first, he was reluctant to go with Diana, but then after she told the story, then he's like, okay, you know, this is the real deal. Which I understand. I mean, he's already been through a lot, like an abusive uncle, and then all of a sudden this person comes up and says, hey, I'm your mom. He hadn't seen her in at least 10 years, so I get, you know, kind of being hesitant about it, not really knowing if this is the real deal. So... um. They all uh, decide to head to Rocco's farm and the police are already there. Um, All the workers have gathered around and they want their money back. Um, Nancy goes searching through the farm and she eventually finds the parchment. And there's another man that was living in the main house. And he tells everyone that he's the one that actually called June's dad and told him about the secret in the parchment and how solving it could be righting a wrong. Um, All of the people's money was found that had given money to that fraudulent group. Um, They found the fake birds from the earlier bird attack, which, I mean, now it all makes sense. Um, And then everybody was starting to get their money back. Uh, And it turns out that the man who actually called June's dad and Rocco and most of the workers were actually there illegally. 
So um, essentially at this point, the mystery is all solved. Uh, Diana and Tony are going to eventually go back to Italy and be a happy family again. And he's going to get to go to school and actually get like a formal education, but also keep up with his art and everything is happy. Yay. Everything works out in the end. As always. As always. So this whole time when Rocco was rude, I always I was thinking of Minette and she's like, how rude. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like That's every time point. he would be talking, I'm like, how rude are you talking to Nancy that way? <laughs> <laughs> Can just, a like, give point. him a smack upside the head. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's essentially the story. Um, for my first time reading this one, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was uh, intrigued the whole time. Uh, I was never bored with it. I, I wanted to finish it. Um, I, I think this one was a, a really good story. I agree. I really enjoyed it. So... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I needed to say about this one. Like, for me, I know that this is, like, with the sheeps and, like, the whole process of everything. Like, I get, like, it's, you know, livelihood and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when June was going through all the different, like, how, like, farmhouses and stuff with Nancy, Bess, and George, like, I felt bad for the sheep. And it almost kind of, like, made me feel queasy a little bit, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because it's, like, you know, I'm not used to, like, seeing or reading about those kinds of things. Right. So I'm, like, that's, like, one of the only parts that I didn't like so much. But, you know, it's good to read about it to know kind of, like, what goes on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a process. Um. Yeah, and that was one thing that I was kind of thinking as I was reading it. I was like, whoa, this seems kind of edgy. But then I kept thinking, this is book number 54. This was technically written in the 70s. So for that time period, it's not necessarily edgy to be talking about like the meat processing and, you know, the actual slaughtering of these animals. Um, I had to stop thinking that this was one of the older, older books. Um, Cause kind of the time period where it was written, I feel like that was kind of something that was more talked about. Cause that was kind of like, um, not really hippies at that point. Hippie was like before that, before the seventies, but it was kind of that peace and love kind of thing um, going on, at least in uh, the United States. Um, so I feel like a lot of people in that time period were kind of speaking out as far as like trying to protect animals and not using animal byproducts and things like that. So um, I did think that that was uh, kind of a good point. Um, And Nancy, I mean, she felt bad at first, but she also realizes, you know, he's running a business, got to make money, got to provide these goods. He's not the only one that's doing this. That kind of thing. So that was interesting to see as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this book a lot. Um, Me too. Like I said earlier, I was super pleased that even though I was reading the electronic versions uh, version of this book, they still included the illustrations. Yeah. So 
That's one thing I like about Nancy Drew is that there's like visuals as you're reading. <laughs> yes, I do enjoy that. Yeah. So. Well, I think that about covers it. I think so. So, um, let's thank talk you for, about. Thank you for sticking with us this long, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're at about an hour and a half right now, but we're almost done. Almost. Um, so let's briefly talk about what we're going to do next week. We're going to switch gears again. We're going to talk about another game. Yep. It will be game number four. Treasure, Treasure in a Royal Tower. Tower. Which is a good one. Good one for the winter vibes. Yep. So looking forward to playing that one again. Um, I was looking on my computer on Steam and I thought it had been about two years, but according to um, the record on Steam, it's only been about a year since I played. But now that I'm thinking back, I don't think I played it all the way through and I don't know why. So for an entire playthrough, it's been quite some time since I've done that one. Yeah, it's been quite a while for me too. I don't remember like the last time I played it, but it's been a while. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Um, and I think what I'm going to try to do as well is because um, the book that is based off of this game or vice versa, the game based off of this book um, goes by the same name, Treasure in the Royal Tower. And I have that one um, electronically as well and in physical copy. But I think I'm going to try to read that um, as well. And um Maybe I'll have time to mention a couple things of that. Maybe not. Um, I know I've read it before, but it's been a while since I've read it. Um, I think it's it's pretty close to the game, but maybe not entirely. So I'm we'll not see. sure. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. So that's what we're going to do this coming week. And then after that, we're back on the show. Yeah, this week's episode is a couple days later than we usually post. <laughs> but yeah. hopefully moving forward, we'll be back on our regular kind of schedule. Yeah, that's what the goal is. Um, things were just thrown off a little bit by like the holiday season. Um, but I mean, I'm glad that we decided not to take a break, though. Me too. So, um what episode of the TV show are we going to be on? Is that episode 10. nine? 10? Episode 10. Episode 10. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think that's everything I have to say. Is that everything? That's for everything for me. All right. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. Or you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. Or you can check out our Facebook group. Um, check us out next week as we dive into Season 3, Episode 10 of the TV show. That's in two weeks. In two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> next week is Treasure in the Royal Tower. That's right. I was just making sure that people were paying attention. That's all. <laughs> Treasure in the Royal Tower. Then. Season three, episode 10. I'm just excited for the TV show. I miss it. Me too. I, I want to know if it's going to be renewed for season four. 
I haven't seen anything yet. Have you? I haven't seen it either. I tweeted it out like one will find out and someone was like, oh yeah, it's usually towards the end of the season, but there's only four episodes left. <laughs> when are we going to know? Oh, is there only four? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I just Googled it really fast and it says as of today, it's not, not been canceled, but not been renewed. So it's up in the air. It's up in the air, but hopefully soon we'll find out. I mean, I can't imagine that their budget is super big. And I feel like a lot of, at least in America, because the network is CW, I feel like a lot of those shows last for a while. Yeah. I, I feel like their viewership is probably pretty decent. Yeah. So hopefully it continues on. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. But either way, we'll be back in a couple days um, after some gameplay. I'll probably post um, some on uh, our social media so you guys can play along with us if you want. Yeah. Um, or let us know if you have any comments or your own reviews. Love reading other people's reviews of these games. Um, tell us your thoughts and we will mention it. Yes. And our inboxes are always open for yeah. everything and it's yeah. it doesn't have to be nancy related it can be any topic that you want to talk to us about yep safe space everywhere yep and in case you can't tell we both like to talk so yes it's all good yipper well all right everybody well, all right we'll see you next year oh it's so weird to think that but it is next year <laughs> next year see you next year guys see you next year bye, bye.